0: This episode is brought to you by Indie Insights, our bi-weekly newsletter and love note to independent film. Inside, you'll find tools, tips and tricks vetted by industry professionals, independent films that will inspire your creativity, filmmaking events where you can rub elbows with filmmakers just like you and so much more. The best part of it all, it's absolutely free. All you have to do is go to www.bonsai.film forward slash subscribe and within a few clicks, you'll be part of our newsletter community. Again, that's www.bonsai.film forward slash subscribe to get Indie Insights, a free biweekly newsletter from Chris and Nick at Bonsai Creative. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Banzai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk week, and that means I'm here with my good friend, Nicholas Bugs, also the co-founder and co-host of this podcast. Nick, would you like to say hello?
1: Yes, I would like that. I would like to say hello. Thank you for inviting me in, Mr. Christopher. I appreciate it. Anytime. I love all those little pauses in the intro as well. Mm -hmm. Let the right you know, I, I didn't in. know where he was going you know I was like oh man like I, I was on every word just waiting
0: well the, to see the what issue was happen. is that it does sound like I'm commanding you to say hello <laughs> yeah no it's like Each episode, hello, so, which Nicholas. which I do you know which I do enjoy like <laughs> right.
1: like I think, like, I, I think you thing. know
0: me yeah I think you know me well yeah, enough yeah. to know I don't it's not that I Like, I don't know, producer Papa Bear, producer Elise, could maybe speak to this and some of our past employees. Like, I don't think I'm a micromanager at all. What I would say is, and you can feel free to to poo-poo this if you want, Nick. I don't like to be resisted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm... (laughs) I gonna say, you know, why I am laughing because <laughs> it's
1: absolutely true, and it it's it's hilarious. And what do you think you know, about that self awareness? Oh, dude, it's great. I know, I know you okay. know that. Like, I know yeah. you know that, and I just and and what's great about it is that when you do get resisted, you get all flustered. You yeah. know, see, I see your face change, mm-hmm. and it's yes. great. It's, it is what it is, you know. And it's like it's it's funny, but yeah, it's good to have that self awareness.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like to be resisted. And I've, I've thought about it's not like I'm in therapy, but I do meditation. Uh, shout out to the Sattva app and Calm app. Those are great apps. And in those moments of, of, of silence and, and sort of clearing your thoughts, what's funny about that is other thoughts jump into your head. And these are the kind of thoughts that jump in. And I think the reason why is because I put in so much work to be able to share an opinion that then when i share it and there's pushback it's like no you didn't no you didn't just give me a raw opinion i just spent the last 10 hours forming this opinion (laughs) um so now the people i'm talking to they didn't mean to know that but i feel so sure of myself now that's dangerous because sometimes you just even if you have five sources those could be five old sources they could be five wrong sources and it goes back to something we talk about with filmmakers all the time which is like you cannot cash someone else's lottery ticket which is a form of that right like it's like okay this is what worked before and now you're espousing it again you just have to be careful about it and make sure you add your own wrinkle into it so that it's not cashing which is by the way one of the most frustrating and infuriating things about entrepreneur instagram and tiktok and Filmmaker Instagram and TikTok and like business Instagram and TikTok, which is that all those people get online, show you a video of how they were successful, made money, got rich. And you cannot do what they did. And that is the theme of our conversation today. We have one case with Five Nights at Freddy's, which I thought was able to basically cash a known lottery ticket and be really successful. And then we have the case of Taylor Swift, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, where there are a lot of people that want to emulate what she's done with AMC and need to understand they cannot cash her lottery ticket. Yeah. At least without being, at least without the work, the 20 years of work that comes before that deal. Right. So 20 years of cachet Yeah, we head into the holiday season I cannot believe it's this late in the year uh, When this publishes, it'll be mid-November Basically, everybody will be ready for their pumpkin pie And turkey and tryptophan And uh, arguments with their in-laws Over the upcoming election season I hope you guys stay together <laughs> I hope right. you guys can overcome it Stay together Just know that both candidates are bad We don't want Biden, we don't want Trump Really, I mean, not really, do we? Is anybody mad at me for saying that? I think that's fair. Unity, Unity. yeah. Read his shirt. So that's what we're headed into. So we're going to kind of see Oscar season movies, and we're getting to that last that last stand of big box office movies and horror films before we get the Oscar movies, and then the big box office Christmas movies, right? That come out every November and December that bring the family together, but aren't designed to win an award, let's say, necessarily, which. I know isn't always the case because you had Glass Onion from a few years ago that did so well, or not Glass Onion, but the uh, first one. Um, Glass Onion was the Netflix sequel. And so we should talk about sort of the success of Five Nights at Freddy's, um, both as an IP play, but also just this idea that like Blumhouse never seems to miss. I heard a distributor say to me recently at a dinner, that he doesn't make any money and that all the money they make is on their TV. And I'm just like, you know, when you hear somebody say something and you're in a group, you have to pick whether or not you're going to like derail the entire dinner. Like, are you going to die on that Hill? Are you going to let that little factoid that isn't a factoid just roll off the tongue and just like, keep going. And I just chose a second. I just chose to let it, let it live where it is. I didn't question too much. I let it in my mind as. Hmm. That was an interesting thing to say. Now, this person. Uh, apparently knows people at the studio and has inside baseball. So there is the chance that he could be 100 percent right. And we've all been fooled. But this movie has now done in about eight days. Eighty five million dollars in the box office. That doesn't count. All the other IP, the the Peacock streaming, any of that stuff, it's just straight box office. Eighty five million against a twenty million dollar budget. So even if you said that Blum spent sixty percent on PNA, that's above the production budget. That's still going to be a profit, right? Like like that's still just and Not just they didn't, have but,
1: to, they didn't have to spend any money. No, they did. They did, they did yeah. a trailer and stuff like that. I think they did one yeah. or two of them. But ultimately, the IP is so strong. They didn't need to do a lot. They just said, hey, it's yeah. coming. And everybody's like, okay, just tell me when. And I'll be there.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: You know, so I think yeah. it's it's great. Again, like you said, it's IP. So it's been it's IP. It's been around for a long time. And you know, my son is like completely weirded out by it, but interested in it. And plays what do you mean weirded games. out by it? He, it's, he's weirded out. It's like this sick obsession kind of thing, right? Like he knows that he's kind of freaked out by it. But it's interesting and it's compelling, you know, so he Mm -hmm. wants to play, which he does, but it's not a game he plays all the time because it's scary. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes around this, which is so not only do they have the game, and I guess there's like multiple versions of of this game, but there's fan fan lore that goes around Mm -hmm. it. So he yes. gets to see this stuff pop up on YouTube and, you know, well, they think this and the other people think that and you know, maybe this Golden Freddy is this person and, you know, there's all this stuff. So there's just enough chatter around it to make you curious and yeah. then even more curious as to, well, how are they going to represent that lore in the movie? Will they yeah. be true to it? You know, is it what is it going to be? So anyway, he wanted to watch it in the worst way. It was on the calendar at the house. You know, this is when it's coming out, Dad. We got to watch it on the day that it comes out. Got to watch it yeah. come on Peacock. So that's the other part. You said it did really well in the box office, but there's a really good deal that they cut with Peacock for it to come yeah. out on the same day. So that was some money in the bank right there. Yeah. And we watched it, and he asked me, Dad, you know, what do you rate it? I was like, I, I give it a six. It's not terrible. Mm. Mm. It was not great. So He was
0: disappointed in you. Sure, I think right? he but
1: I think he gave it he wanted you to give it a 9. I, I right? think he wanted me eight. to give it an 8, right? I think that's what yeah, he gave it eight. was an 8 because it pretty much kept to the story. There's some other things that happened that weren't spot on with the lore that he knows, but he thought it was pretty good. And it wasn't super gory, it wasn't super creepy or scary in any way. There were some spots in there that he had to turn away, but generally it was like it was a it was a good kids movie. So And when I say kids movie, this is what I mean. You and I will talk to filmmakers about how they're writing their story. And we're like, look, make sure you show, don't tell. Yeah. Don't tell everything through the dialogue. You Show it. Show what happens, right? Well, in kids movies, you tell. (laughs) It might be like a 50-50, right? You let the characters say everything because the kids aren't going to pick it up all the time if you show. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of telling. But the kids like it. Yeah. That works for them. It's good for that audience. So that's why I said it's a six. You know, it's not. It wasn't fantastic, but they didn't screw it up. So it kind of sat in the middle.
0: So plus me, you yeah. were corrupted, right? Like we have seen enough horror films and enough scary stuff in real life, <laughs> right? Like honestly, like we've seen enough scary stuff in real life where it's like that did not scare me. But to a kid, it's all new because what it reminded me of was. It,
1: yeah, the very fanfare
0: much. that was around it because when it came out, I want to say my son might have been fourteen when it came out or, or thirteen, and um, or younger maybe, and then maybe that was my oldest daughter that was thirteen or fourteen, but they all had to go watch it. It was mandatory viewing. It was it was scheduled viewing, and they all were altered by it. For for me, it's a silly clown in the gutter. For them, they still talk about it. It's been a decade almost. They still talk about it. It's still like that's that one that sort of exposed them to the world of
1: the horrific. Yeah, I don't want my son talking about it. And I think that's the point. So I've had the conversation with him after we watched it. I was like, yeah, we're done. We're done with this horror stuff, man. No horror video games, <laughs> no horror movies. Because, you know, I don't know if you know the premise of this story, which isn't just the film, right? It's the, the game. I
0: don't I, I will admittedly say I don't know yeah. a lot about so me, it. I don't want to come off as ignorant or I don't no, want no, no, to come no, no. off as inauthentic about it. I don't haven't played the game. Um, yeah, let me let I me know give it to some you. facts. My angle is all from a filmmaking yeah, and here's yeah, what the yeah, movie Let me, let me
1: just give it to you. It's okay not to know things, yeah. Chris. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all right. right. So, so the, the premise is that you have this, basically a serial killer who has mm-hmm. killed several children. And in order to conceal their bodies, he's concealed okay. their bodies inside of these animatronics. And oh. because these, the bodies are concealed That's inside, it is clever. Um, their spirit basically inhabits these animatronics. So I'll just leave it. So there. so so it's like Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, 100. percent That's when I saw yeah. it the first time when you played the game. I was like, oh, that's like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> so yeah. But but here's the thing. So for me now, I'm sitting here with my kid. Right, he's 12 years old, and he's watching a story and playing a game about a serial killer who murders children specifically stuffs mm-hmm. their bodies in animatronics and then their spirits are stuck <laughs> in the animatronics forever right. right right and then now the animatronics are off killing people and doing things i'm like man it's a horror we, we, we don't version of rick it ralph yeah we don't need that yeah that's right that's, like like rick and ralph's kind of
0: trapped in the game right and doesn't realize <laughs> it and then these guys are trapped in their animatronics yeah i just
1: but they're they've been murdered by a murdered. serial killer you know i just i just what, don't know what why was the, name of the place?
0: There's, that. there's there's chucky e. cheese and what was the other one that went out of business oh that i had don't the know the bear that one had maybe that's what bear. it's based off of because you know yeah freddy's out freddy out
1: fazbear or whatever but yeah i don't know
0: there's there's chucky e. cheese but it was another one called oh god people are like you're screaming at the screen right now like <laughs> you know the name of this this is what <laughs> it's I, called I, I, if you remember, if you remember it in the place. comments, just just tell me. It's been on a business Showtime or Showbiz, Showbiz Pizza. That's what it's called. Okay. Ah, I found it. Now you don't have to put it in the comments. <laughs> showbiz and Showbiz had the bear, and sometimes you'd have a party there when you were a kid. Nick. Yeah, of course. And they'd bring out the pizza, and maybe you'd have a cake, and of course, of course, you were going to play the video games and do all the skee ball and all that stuff. Chuck E. Cheese, and then when you come over there to, yeah, just like Chuck E. Cheese. They had the same model, which I think is hilarious. It's a great business lesson. So they would get you all lined up in your friends, like at the table, and you'd be (laughs) singing happy birthday. But then at some point, the animatronics would start singing to you. And one time I was there, and I don't even think it was my birthday party, but one time I was there, the bear was crooning. He's crooning to like the kids. And then at one point, he just kind of was like – he just paused – and stared. He just kept staring at one little kid. And that's probably where they got the idea. These animatronics to freeze up on you. <laughs> and happy birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they just kind of stop and look at you and just keep staring at you. And uh, that, I bet, that's probably where it came from. It's some yeah. kid got stared at too long Maybe. by Showbiz Pizza bear bear and said oh shit well, how do we make this to a game
1: like, <laughs> yeah, how, like that's cuz these things these,
0: these things are actually scary
1: yeah i saw my wife had a picture that she sent me not too long ago actually it was her when she was a kid and they it was maybe it was showbiz pizza because she was standing in front of all of those bear animatronics <laughs> and it's so funny to see like it's like kids playing you know atari these days you know i'm yeah. looking at these an- animatronics and i'm like those things are terrible. Like look at that. Yeah, so it yeah, looks yeah, yeah. terrible, but at the time we probably thought it was the coolest thing ever. So anyway, they
0: and they would tell us games. to do stuff, we would obey. We would obey, Chucky. <laughs> now spin around,
1: yeah, right. okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have to say stop, <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's yeah. that's the idea. So just so you know, that was the idea behind the lore associated with it is that that's that's what's happening. He, you know, they're in these uh, originally in the animatronic suit the serial killer is wearing Mm -hmm. this and he basically, you know, lures these kids away in this was wearing this suit and then he's able to, to kill them. But anyway, not like, it's not not for me, man.
0: I'm just, I'm interested in the massive influence and I'm interested in how big this film can actually be because sort of, I, I don't, I think he knew his audience really well, you know, Jason Blum, that is because it wasn't like we were, it wasn't the cocaine bear marketing plan, right? Like we weren't inundated with this trailer. It, it Why? didn't needed to be. Because well, no no. I think they spent, but they spent in the right places. We didn't see it because we're not in those channels because we're grown men.
1: But it was frankly. like I'm saying it was like alre- it cocaine was already bear, everywhere.
0: I know, but cocaine <laughs> bear was was on TV so much and on terrestrial radio so so that's because much. it's net new they, they didn't the have they to had put to push this on it terrestrial radio on tv really they, right. they they just needed to put it on social well it was and on the they, internet already in the in they, they, the internet and they realized yeah. that and it worked really really great yes I, I've, I've seen the that producer yeah. releases like animatronics are slightly terrifying slightly <laughs> is it right <laughs> uh yeah by the way the name of that first movie was knobs out of course uh the one before the glass onion so thank you producer release but yeah the so so great job knowing your audience great job on the rollout the box office showed up because here's the thing maybe this podcast for those listening to podcasts that don't know you that well know that you just don't do horror this isn't like a decision you're making just for your son this is really a decision to say hey son you're going to be like me until you're 18.
1: (laughs) right because if your little brother if
0: your little (laughs) brother were on this podcast he would kind of be poo pooing your comments right now, right? He's no, a maybe, huge horror. Well, fan. my older brother, yeah, my older brother. I thought he's, oh, okay. I thought your younger yeah, brother. But was. No, but he's he's oh, a. So your uh, older brother would poo poo you. I, I, yeah, right? but he, but he's a he's a
1: cultured horror fan, right? He's not gonna he's gonna look at Freddy Fazbear and be like, bro, like don't even don't even talk to me about that. Like he's a Clive Barker.
0: Yeah, he right. wants to see intestines hanging out. In <laughs>
1: exactly. I try
0: eyeball them through your earlobe. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> which you which you don't do either. <laughs> no, I do not. Right. And so, so this is not. horror light, even compared, especially right. to a horror fan. Yep. And so, what's interesting is that you have this culture. I'm sure your son knows you have this sort of feeling. I'm sure he had to talk to you about watching it and you had to express this feeling. And yet, he still wanted to watch it. Oh, yeah. I was talking to producer Elise earlier. Half of her friend's <laughs> office went to go see it at one time. It becomes a social phenomenon. It becomes network effect. I'll watch it if you go watch it. Okay. Yeah, but They're also Let's playing
1: the game. It. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's already built that's up. That's network that. effect. Like, so many people are playing this game or talking about the game, involved in the lore about the game. Like, there's so much of that IP that's already there. And I have to add that Blumhouse not only did they grab the IP and know that the IP was going to work, but they actually tested the waters with Megan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Megan. So Megan was PG-13 as well and kind of gave you that, okay, let's get in there where it's hard, but it's PG-13. It's accessible, right? So 13 and younger, uh, but it's accessible. So let's see how that goes. And I think it did well. Now you take that and you 10 exit with the IP that is Freddy Fazbear, and it's like a no-brainer. You know, it's just like, this is going to be too easy. It's going to be I like bad. taking the spirit from a child in a, you know, <laughs> animatronic world. Yeah. So it was yeah, really, exactly. you know, I think they already tested the waters. So. I
0: stay impressed with it. I just stay impressed with the rollout, with how um, precise they are. It's really, they make something that's so difficult look so easy. Marketing is hard and it's really easy to miss. It's really easy to have the wrong execution. It's really easy to have pieces of content that are mistoned or off tone of each other. And so he just, he just does such a great job and has a great, so kudos, kudos to them. And I feel bad for women named Karen and I feel bad for women named Megan. They just have been done dirty in the last three to four years. And you know it's just a tough name to have and they have i think they've discovered that five letter na- uh, letter names for women are great they work great as titles so mm-hmm. you know look out sally or look out like whatever <laughs> the you know, next five li- elise <laughs> like 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 just like, like just look out because they're coming for your five letter named ladies mm-hmm. now I, every M- megan i've ever known is spicy and every karen i've known has been just quiet lady i i don't know but feel bad for those ladies all right anyway moving on we beat that horse to death uh let's talk about taylor (laughs) swift let's talk about the goat taylor swift there's a cold there's a cold war going on there's a cold war going on between her and beyonce Mm. for world supremacy for world supremacy it's not like austin powers versus dr evil It's more like Skeletor versus Dr. Evil, right? Like it's, it's the, it's two people vying, not that they're evil. Yeah, I was just (laughs) going to say that. Two (laughs) people, they're two people (laughs) vying for world domination. Two evil people. Got it. Have you ever noticed that though? Like, like in all the stuff you ever grew up watching, the bad guy or gal was the person who wanted world domination and wanted their worldview sort of seen. And 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 accepted throughout the known universe. And the good guy, they never had aspirations of world domination. Their whole thing is just to stay in their status quo. But the bad guy wants to take them out of their status quo. Like I mentioned, Skeletor, for example. He's Skeletor, he wants world domination. But here you have Adam, who just wanted to be the gay prince, and be left alone to play with his tiger and now he has to transform or transmute into this other guy. So first of all, Adam is swole already. He could have fought Skeletor's just bones. He could have fought Skeletourus <laughs> Adam. <was> just bones <laughs> You know what I mean? But, he's, he's with but he, had to, he had to he had to he had to like transform into Conan the barbarian mm, in, order in order to fight short Skeletor shorts, bro. with the short Because shorts. it wasn't about his muscles, it was about his mindset. Mm. He had this cowardly mindset as the gay prince but had the sort of warrior mindset, I guess, as the gay warrior. I don't know. But it was like he would go out and fight him, but he didn't want anything. He just wanted Skeletor to leave people alone. Right? That's
1: all So, so, so But it's not like that in uh, real
0: life. In real life, the good guy does also want world domination. They kind of want... They kind of like... In order to stop Putin, you need a different world power. You don't need like like you can't stop Putin by saying, We're once you once you once you stop, we're just gonna go back and chill. No, you have to like fill that space with goodness. So are you, you saying that that with Taylor
1: goodness. Swift is the anti-hero?
0: No, I'm saying Taylor <laughs> Swift and Beyoncé fly in the face of this model we've been taught, which is They want world domination, but they want to Mm. fill it with good music. I see. Yeah. They want to fill it with great times, concerts, IP, and in Taylor's case, amazing concert series movies sold directly to AMC going outside of the studio system. So now, isn't Beyonce planning to do the same thing? She sure is, because she cannot be… She cannot be outdone here,
1: right? Of course not. Well, if there's a model, you know, if there's a model to profit, follow the cash model. Cash that
0: lottery ticket. That's right. But I don't do but it. But we'll see. We'll see if she gets to do it or not, right? We'll we'll see because I think there are a lot of people that want to cash in on Taylor's lottery ticket here, and they may find it to be a bit more difficult than
1: they imagine. I don't know what you mean, Chris, because I could do anything that Taylor Swift does, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you can try like, like, right. I'll never, I'll, I'll never might. tell
0: any. So, cause I've heard a bunch of, I've heard, let's, I think three or four independent filmmakers in the last month tell me we should just do what Taylor Swift do, does. Mm. Just go to direct to theater model and just sell to them. Except for that whole thing about, you know, we're not Taylor Swift. You're really? not I mean, Taylor Swift, yeah, I, I guess and, not. I guess you're right. And that's such an important that's <laughs> such an important part of it's the Like model. you forgot that you forgot that, yeah. guys. Yeah. Just and if you are a fan of this podcast and have been listening since day one, you've pr- probably heard us talk about how frustrating it is to see comps in a filmmaker's perspectives because the comps are so they just show such poor judgment, I guess, in terms of the curation because you can't compare your movie to a movie that had A-listers in it even if it was low budget right and because it makes it makes a massive difference and my latest talk track and, and advice to filmmakers is don't put comps in your prospectus at all no one respects it anyway no 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 person with money cares about the comp unless they're a newbie unless they're green unless they're a novice then they care about it. they're like oh we're going to do as good as this movie. We're going to do like the same as paranormal activity did. Awesome. Like everybody else knows like, no, that's not it. Tell me what the story is. Tell me about the execution. Who's on your team. And what's your, what's your model? Like what's your business model? Like how, how did you structure your financing? Is there anybody interested in your movie? What's your following? Does anybody have a brand? Like these are the questions that get asked. Right. By, by people in the know. So this goes back to, you know, the whole thing with Taylor is like, you, you're not a good, Taylor's not a good comp for what you want to do. Like, I want you as an independent filmmaker to go sell directly to AMC. I do. And I want to see it work. But I think you're going to have a different experience than you think you might have doing that without representation, without an entertainment lawyer, perhaps, and certainly without Taylor Swift. Uh, as your name, although you, I guess there could be a person with Taylor Swift's name and they walk in. <laughs> wasn't that an Eddie Murphy movie where he like won an election because he had yes. the name of the other person? And then only until much later did they find out it wasn't really him. It was like, you know, it was, it was too late. It was too it late. Was too late. It was like, what was yeah. the name of that movie? That movie was classic. Uh, it, it was great. I think like
1: it said one name. It was the guy's name. I can't remember what it was. God, I got to find that out. It
0: had a. It had uh, that was one word, passed away, but you know, he used but to be I, in all those movies, all those political movies, always in them. And he, used to, and he was actually a politician turned actor, which is rare. Uh, God, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, he has thick
1: black hair, right? The guy that you're talking about?
0: No, it's is that a white him? guy, big old guy. Yeah, 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 I just can't remember his name, but he was in that movie. Anyway, unless that's the case, and then they'll find out when you get there that you're not the real Taylor Swift. So, anyway, <laughs> it's it's now I say that, though. And it doesn't mean that I'm advocating for doing it the way that we've been doing it, which also doesn't work, which is don't have your financial structure done in advance. Rush out of pre-pro into prin- principal photography. Uh, don't know what your movie's worth when you when you go into the festival uh, space or when you go into the distribution space. Have no marketing plan. Sp- have no marketing dollars set aside or earmarked. And then take the first deal you get from a services distributor um, because they fall in love with your movie and tell you how great you are. That also doesn't work. That's also not a good model.
1: Yeah. I think the idea that with, for Taylor, again, she's got clout and connections that other folks don't have, but I think it is about being unconventional and mm-hmm. being creative about how you approach it. I think that's it. It's like, just don't fall into the same traps. I think that's the uh, one of the main points. I think you're saying is just, you, you can't fall in the same traps and fail the same way that everyone else has failed before you, you know, find a different model that works. That's the idea. And I think that's what she's doing as well. She has a direct line. So she's like, I can keep all these other people out of my pocket. If I have a direct line and I have my name. Then this is the route that I'll go. I think Beyonce will end up taking the same route.
0: It, it implies that Taylor couldn't get a studio deal. And that would be foolhardy for you to think that.
1: Yeah. I, all it was yeah. is she didn't
0: want she didn't she didn't want to split her money that many no, times. No, that's what I just said. She you didn't know, want other people all. in her pocket. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's and, exactly what and, I said. And, and and so just to educate people on that, there's this process, this parapasu process, where there's basically an order in which you get paid out uh on the back end of a film and then on the front end of a film. So there's basically two payment windows, the front end of a film which is hopefully you're in a group called the gross group. And then uh, you'll get, you know, your portion of that if you're producing or if you're the um, an investor or whatever, this is a little different with Taylor because it's not like you have actors to pay off in advance and things like that. And then there's the waterfall group, right? Where 50% of it goes to the investors. So the 50 go to the producers involved and anybody else is sort of in that contract. And, and then, and then once you have that set up, there's an order that's decided on, usually based on your level of investment or your savvy in negotiating. Right. So if you are at the bottom of that list, your chances of getting any money after the movie rolls through are very, very limited. So you it's almost like a game of um, duck, duck, goose. Right. Like you have to not be the person without a chair. Like you have to like sit down and like be be somewhere towards the top or the middle, um, because even a very very successful movie will leave the net group out that's getting net proceeds, or the persons or persons who are very very last in the list of you know payment. If the film took out a bank loan, the bank is always going to be first, uh, so you'll never be in the first spot uh, if there's if there's mezzanine or bridge financing and that. So just something to keep in mind when we think about all the people that are in your pocket, when you go through the studio system. So Taylor's like, let's disrupt. I'm Taylor Swift. Like let's disrupt. I can kind of walk on water here. I can kind of do what I want to do and I can have any meeting I want to have. And I have such a dedicated fan base. I'm like the most followed person in the world. Uh, You know, maybe Maybe only a couple of people can even rival it. Cristiano Ronaldo, Kim Kardashian, maybe some other Kardashian, <laughs> Katy Perry and Beyonce. Elon Musk. Yeah. Like that that those are the most followed people in the world. And I don't think Beyonce is even near that following. And that's why I say I want to see what happens and how she differentiates from what Taylor did. Cause she will need to differentiate. She she doesn't need to do the exact same thing Taylor did. I would be interested to see if she did a performance at the Vegas Sphere. I think that would be my numbing. I've been to two Beyonce concerts. She does an unbelievable show. It's so big, it's got so much pomp, it's got so much technology. And she's just, you know, par excellence, right? In the dancing, singing, everything. Imagine that in the Vegas sphere,
1: yeah, where I think it's a yes. You and. sort of
0: lose time and space. What if you did that to launch your, exactly. your movie run, for example? Yeah. yeah, it's
1: a yes and because there's a lot of theaters out there, a lot of people who want to see her that could not see her in concert, and I think that's also it. That's also part of it. One is make that money, but the other part yeah. of it is that not everyone can afford it, and not everyone could get a ticket. You know, that's the thing. There's yeah. it's finite mm-hmm. tickets as well. So now you open it up for some period of time in the theaters and then you go to streaming and people can enjoy their art, which is, of course, they want to make the money. But at the same time, now they get to spread this art out, you know, to all of these people on these different platforms. So it's going to be great for both of them. And, you know, I agree with you that Beyonce shouldn't do the same thing, at least not the, the same way. But uh, so I'm, I'm curious. I'd be curious to see what she does. I think it'll be exciting. Yeah,
0: I think pr- also that the nature of her music, you know, at Taylor concert, she spends a lot of time behind the piano. Beyonce doesn't do that. Her, her songs tend to be upbeat. They tend to have bass. She tends to be dancing. And so here's a great opportunity to, let's say, shoot your whole concert in IMAX on IMAX cameras. Boom. Right. And then have an exclusive rollout to, to IMAX theaters, or maybe do the same thing with, with um, Dolby Atmos, where now you're those theaters where, where you feel the music in your seat. So you're having this visual and sort of you know, physical experience. That's how I watched Oppenheimer, by the way. I was crying at the end of Oppenheimer. But if you didn't see it in that kind of theater, you might, you might not have felt anything. Right. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't, because right. I don't yeah. know what that was like. But like for me, at the end of Oppenheimer, the weight of the last thing that was said in the movie hit me like a ton of bricks. But I'm sure I was primed that way, right? By the sound and immersion of the visuals and the, the sound and, and the sort of haptic feedback all at, at one time. Now imagine hearing the Lemonade album that way. I mean, my God. Like that's one of the greatest albums of all time. It is. I don't want to hear any resistance from you on that. <laughs> um, it is a yeah, tasteful, and a, educated
1: as a visual album as well. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Thank you, sir. So yeah, I am excited. I will. I, I want to see it. I know that we have to wrap this up. A very interesting and not not esoteric necessarily, but but interesting and sort of outside of the mainstream. Culture check. So, Nick, look at you, you, teed it up for me to
1: say culture check. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't That'd still get, be making me laugh, but it yeah, does.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you love saying it, dude. It's awesome, and and you're right. This one is a little bit interesting. It's like a little culture, but I think the culture check here that I want to kind of introduce us to is this idea of what's really okay. And what's not okay because maybe you got caught doing it? Okay, so
0: this that's is an about interesting thing that you're saying there. Yeah, saying it's, and, I don't well, like the new phraseology, by the way, from Gen Z that says that's not okay. You know, people say and that that's not okay. Oh, you're right. I right, don't yeah. like that. Stop saying that. Anyway,
1: so 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 here's mm-hmm. so here's what, what's my man's name, right? Casey Bloys, network chief executive at HBO, right? Was caught on tape. Right, he was caught. With these, I guess he created a couple of these fake Twitter accounts, but he also got employees to create fake Twitter accounts in order to troll some of the critics of the HBO content. This is true Kevin Durant's playbook. Right. So they would say something bad about one of the films or the TV shows, right? And Mm -hmm. then he would have his people go out there and say something bad about them. So he's trolling them, right? And in my little bit of research that I did, it seems like there's only like six of these tweets. So it's not like that. It's almost not the biggest thing. The biggest deal is the fact that this employee was fired and they believe that they were wrongfully, you know, let go. And now there's a sure. lawsuit and now the tweets got out and that's a big scandal when the tweets get out or the, the text messages got out. So anyway, the thing is, is that he's now trolling the critics. Okay. Big deal. And he has had to apologize. Now, wait, 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 wait.
0: Let me, sorry to interrupt. Is this, are these professional critics or are these yes. user critics? They're professional okay. critics. Professional critics. Wow. Okay.
1: So, and they, they've got their names, right? There's several names of these people mm-hmm. that he's been trolling. So he did this and it's a big deal. He's having to apologize for it. And he's like, yeah, it was just a mistake. I never should have done it. It was a dumb idea, blah, blah, blah. So here's the culture check. Okay. Is this just something that people do? Is this something that if you were to watch anybody's content and you see people trolling other people who were trolling the content creator, is everybody doing this? And we just don't know it because we don't have the inside baseball. So it's like, wait a second. Is this just how it works? Hmm. And we're just now finding out about it. That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, is this is it wrong? And he's wrong. Or is he just playing the game that everybody else is playing and we just don't know it? And I don't know. I, so I don't think you'll ever know that. This.
0: It's have really interesting. I so many thoughts about this <laughs> because the latest hype in distribution is the YouTube distribution model based on top of the funnel content. And the way it works is that one company, so Jelly Smack, for example, They're one of the companies they will create. I don't know. A hundred different pages on YouTube and social. Right. And then they will contract out with a content creation company. And there's, they're all over the place. Those are uh, the foundation would be like one example of these companies. Right. That company's job is to make all this content and then they will contract with someone like our guy, Glenn Ginsburg Mm -hmm. at Q Media. And then they will take the content and place it in the hands of influencers who will then promote this top of the funnel content. And then it will ping off of all their 100 channels and it will increase views it basically the algorithm sees it and starts right. to feed each other <laughs> starts to feed itself they've tricked they've tricked the algorithm because there's so much they're flooding it yeah. yeah all you need is a all you need is a programmer and a quant and then you're and, and then some bots made by azure which is a microsoft product and then those bots feed it and then it just it just starts to consume itself and get bigger and bigger and bigger and there are at least 15 people in the space now expect there to be 100 by tomorrow, right? Like it, it's just everybody's catching on to it because the reason it's cool and the reason it's working is because before the thing they're actually distributing, let's say it's a movie, comes out, they're making money from Google on the AdSense account through these views and in the aggregate over these hundreds of channels, it's millions of dollars. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm, that's it means, the point it's, that It's me. It's, 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 million, it's millions of dollars. So, so, so why not have a bunch of different accounts? And I mentioned Kevin Durant would do this. He would make a bunch of Twitter accounts now X, whatever. And anybody would talk shit about his basketball game. He'd be like, he'd respond to him, but it, it wouldn't be him. like, Another wouldn't account. Him. That's,
1: but that's what, that's my point is that I think it's like, it's the norm that there's, you gotta play the game. And if you aren't playing the game, then someone can hurt you, whether it's a critic or someone else. So now that's just part of the content creation is creating accounts to protect your content. It's like basically these accounts that he created, you know, everyone's looking at like that was so messed up and it's so devious. He just created little bodyguards. He, or he created little big brothers. You know, it's like someone comes around and messes with my little brother. I'm coming after you, bro. Right. He created this little army, a little legion of social big brothers to protect their little brother against people who have the clout to to say something about them and mess them up. Right. Mess their ability to get their content out. So it's interesting. I'm just curious. Like, is it that bad or is this something that people are doing and he just got caught? I
0: don't know. I think people do it. And I think it's terrible when you get caught. And for that reason... I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And it's one of those things, because I can do it, but should I do it? It's possible today, but should I do it? I'll give you an example to bring it back to culture. We are in the age of cloned dogs and cats, space stations on the moon, a million satellites in the sky, I remember I was in Denver and I was addicted to this silly little sort of multi-game app where you could play all kinds of games on it. Scrabble, you could play Othello, you could play a bunch of games on it. So when I got bored, I'd play it. And I remember getting up from my bed and saying, dang, I got to take a poop. So, <laughs> so I went to the bathroom, sat on the toilet, and I started beating this guy's ass at Othello, which is a strategy game. So if you like chess, you'll like Othello. And he got mad at me and commented that I was on the toilet. So I realized at that moment my camera was on and
1: Ooh.
0: the, and the person on the other side of the game could see me because it was nice. probably a fake user. It mm. was a developer playing against me to keep the company afloat. I literally dropped my phone out of shock. So Just because he can do that, should he have done that? And so the culture that we're in now is where you are not going to know when something is real or not. You are not necessarily going to know 100% your cameras aren't on and that your microphones aren't listening. I mean, I'll go further than that and say there are sometimes you know for sure there are three microphones on listening to you. And we just kind of live in this sort of narrow space, this sort of designed ignorance where where we just like, we don't want to know what's on the other side of the wall, right? Like we can live in this space like, okay, you know, like, because otherwise we have to admit that we're over a barrel in almost every way. And so this is just another example of it. And the, the thing that's terrible about it is, is that an artist desperately needs real feedback. And when you attempt to thwart actual feedback, then the art starts to die. And the enjoyment of community, you have to take it all. You have to take the shitty reviews with the great reviews. It's just the problem is we're human and we remember the shitty ones and and, and, and forget about the ones that said we were the best artist of all time. Yeah, but we're humans and we also
1: don't like humans picking on us. And I think that yeah. that was potentially part of this discussion yeah. is that these folks just don't like the stuff that we create. So every time we turn around, they're saying something bad about what we're doing and they seem and to and get that comes jiffies, the territory, Right. But it also comes from the with the territory that they're human and they're like, again, I want to get back at this person. How? Why should I allow them to continue to basically in their minds, right, troll me? I'm going to troll them right back, right? So in any case, my, my big thing is about from the culture perspective is somewhat about what you were saying about should we, but that's where I am with that line. It's like, should you, from an ethical perspective, you might say no, but if this is how the game is played, let me give you an example, right? So I play soccer. One of the Mm -hmm. things that you do on the soccer field that's like constant, especially if you watch professional soccer, you grab the other guy's jersey. Mm -hmm. You just do it. Are you supposed to do it? No. If you get caught in certain circumstances, you know, that's a penalty of some sort. So it's wrong. It's against the rules. But everybody does it. And if you don't do it, man, you might get kicked off the team. Because you're not playing the game the way the game is being played. You're at a disadvantage if you're not pulling the other guy's jersey. So that's what I mean. I feel like there's a culture around content that is maybe it's more towards pulling the shirt, pulling the jersey than we even imagine. Right. And, you know, you talk about pulling back the curtain. I think that's some of what is happening for me. It's like you start looking at this like, nah, man, this is this is how you got to play it. If you're not playing it like this, you're not playing hard enough, and you're
0: not going to win because this is how the yeah. game is being played. It's it's sort of baked in corruption, right? Also yes. in soccer, the flopping yes. is, is sort of baked in. And if you
1: don't do and, it, and you it, it, you can get yelled at by your coach. You might get yelled at by your players like, just go down, bro. Like, why would you try to stay up? Because if you went down, you would have gotten a penalty.
0: We would score. Why are you staying up? What's the point of that? You want to win or not? Right, and the, so, so when you are in a situation like that, where it's where the corruption sort of banked in, then it becomes a norm. Because what you just gave me was the Lance Armstrong argument. Lance Armstrong said, "You shouldn't take all these Tour de Frances from me. Every single person was doping. It's been proven that every person was blood doping. There you go. So, it, therefore, I really am the best, right? <laughs> and, and you gave me the Barry Bonds excuse. <laughs> yeah, Barry Bonds is like, hold on, playing field hold was on. On oh, these people were sorry, and then all of a sudden they're great." I'm gonna start roiding up too, and sh- right because I'm I'm actually a great baseball player, <laughs> exactly. Right because yeah. people don't remember that Sammy Sosa wasn't Sammy Sosa until he until he got jacked,
1: bro. Was the Rock this version of the? Year? Come on, man, the Rock all of a sudden, you know, went from just a very big personality to a huge dude <laughs> like that. Yeah. he
0: wasn't just. Eating poi. Come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fun fact The Rock went to my high school for a semester. Um, he went to Glencoe High School. Nice. And uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And he mm. dated my sister. My sister Angie dated The Rock. Nice. I don't know for how long, but I'm sure mm. he will not confirm it. <laughs> but she but she definitely uh, brings it up. She, you know what's funny about my sister? She's not, even, she's not remotely, she never talks about it. Like she's not remotely phased by, never brings it up, never thinks about it. Yeah, he was a kid then. Yeah. So it's just it's just it's just yeah, he wasn't the rock yet. So it's just it's just interesting. So yeah, that's all it is, is that like there are there are professions and there are contexts in which that corruption isn't built in yet, and we're trying to keep content in my mind as pure of a of an even exchange process as, as as possible. As possible, when I met you, I met you at Vanderbilt University, playing piano in in a building called Towers. Yeah, right. you were had two towers up. I was playing the piano, right? And the reason I would go there is because all the college students would be in there, as well as the Glee Club, and they would give me instantaneous feedback on a song I had written, and it was so valuable to me. Now, what would happen if I said? If I trolled them, if they gave me a bad, they would then be afraid and I can ramp up. I can get really scary. You know, I know I don't look like it, but I can bully people and, mm. and then they're not giving me the answer that's true anymore. And so I was always open to being told, Hey, that song sucks. That one I would buy. That one's pretty good. Why don't you change this? And I was really open to that I didn't want to manipulate that at all. And. I I think I I just think we shouldn't go there.
1: I I agree. I'm with you, man. And I think he was just as I mentioned, he was just hurt. He was tired of the same people saying the same things about him. They have an opinion on the type of work that he does. And because of their role, right, as critics, they were going to say what they were going to say. And I think he just got he just got hurt by it. And, you know, used his authority to get some employees to do some things that he probably should have just done it by himself and then got caught. Like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I think if he had just done it, but the fact that he got employees to do it took it a little bit too far. And then Wait, again, yeah. <laughs> the only reason this came up is because the employee <laughs> got fired. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's basically it. And it's a wrongful termination suit. Otherwise mm-hmm. this probably wouldn't even be a conversation.
0: Yeah. I Same things happen at, at Michigan University where they really. had some employee go out and dress in sunglasses and a hat and wear the opposing team's jacket and clothes so that he could steal signs from the sideline. Mm. And the question is they're So now they're trying to say he was a lone sociopath doing this <laughs> and wasn't directed by the team to go do this. Oh, that's convenient. Mm. Maybe it's true. Maybe, Maybe it's it true. is, but I'll tell you this for those listening and watching, if you ever want to find out if you're inside of a matrix or what we say inside of a culture check yourself, Just imagine being inside a giant, let's say, project or apartment home in Chicago or New York. Let's say where there's like 50 stories and thousands of tenants. Right. Now, close your eyes and replace all the walls in those apartments with prison bars. Where you can see through the wall to the person next to you. And then you realize how insane that is. But as long as those walls are up, you have your own separate domicile. You're in your home. You're in your thousand square foot apartment. It's all good. But if those walls turned into bars and you saw straight down the line that all you guys were in these boxes, you'd freak out. It'd be a madhouse. Or let's say there were no bars at all. So just the frames, and you could walk from one end to the other. What kind of life that would be? That would be an interesting life. That'd be an unusual situation, right? And so you realize you've been put inside of a system. You've been put inside of you know an organized, thought-out plan, and you were part of it. Or, like I said before, a matrix inside of a culture check. And so these are just ways for you to think about the situation you're in whether it be tech or something else. So anyway, I love that culture check Nick. I appreciate it. Awesome. And uh, let's My see pleasure. what ha- let's, let's keep let's keep following this because I want to see what happens with this and see if a lot of times these are dominoes. So one person leads to another person being found out cuz no one er, no one ever wants to go down alone with the ship. It's like, yeah, I did it because I learned it from this guy Warner Brothers. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's it's like when Kobe told on Shaq for cheating on his wife. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not going to be the only one cheating on my wife. <laughs> all these fools were cheating on their you wife. Right. It wasn't yeah. just me. Kobe was wrong for that. Uh, rest in peace. Love Kobe. Yeah, but yeah, he peace. was wrong for that. He was, he was wrong he for that. Like, mom, yeah. yeah. Like, you didn't have to tell everybody his wife. Come on now come on bro yeah let it go you know yeah. all good Any anyway this was a good one yeah I man. Enjoyed, enjoyed
1: it enjoyed it yep for sure for always sure. for sure So we do
0: i do i, I would want to just announce some changes so all those listening out there if you are on instagram go follow us at underscore make it podcast on instagram so that's at underscore make it podcast that's our new page We've just recently started posting there. I know that we had it sort of empty for at least a month. So you might've thought it was a spam page. No, it's actually us. We've just decided to go in a different direction. We're going to post different things to our underscore at bonsai uh, creative page, or maybe even just sort of eliminate it. But we just want to sort of simplify your ability to reach out to us. So we created this new page where we have a new approach and it's going to be awesome. So reach out to us there. We will have a new podcast page coming up. Uh, so if you go to Bonsai Creative, you can still find – or Bonsai.film, rather. You can find the podcast stuff. But uh, we have a new URL as well that will that will point to the podcast. Right, Nick? What, what is it? Yeah,
1: the, make, the Make It Podcast.
0: Yeah, the Make It Podcast. So some of those changes are coming. And so just stick with us. We also created a page on X that is – Slowly actually coming along, Nick, I've I've been pleasantly surprised with, especially again, because we haven't spent like dollar one on, on marketing on anything yet, because we're still developing this, this new approach. But if you go on X, we're underscore, make it podcast there as well. So visit us there, follow us there instead of underscore bonsai creative, or just follow both. And we would definitely appreciate you. We put full episodes up on YouTube. We put full episodes up on X. So you can watch it two places. You can hear it all the places you are already listening to it if you're just listening. So Apple, Spotify, you name it. And so please subscribe, like, and engage with us. And we will definitely engage back. If you want to engage with Nick, talk about the unity of the world, the future, the next five years. That's Nick at Bonsai.film. You can reach out to him. He will definitely respond back. You can find me on X. At flame in your heart, or just search for Chris Barkley, and I will come right up. And again, I will connect with you, reach out with you, engage with you. And we do that 100% of the time. That's our dedication and commitment to you. By the way, that Eddie Murphy movie we talked about before is called The Distinguished Gentleman. Gentleman. Uh, yeah. yeah. Came out in 1992. Go watch that. It is that's it. underrated, to say the least. The yep. Distinguished Gentleman. Now you have your weekend watching, week, weekend viewing handled. And then last but not least, do support us in our newsletter. It's, I think, just a wonderful newsletter. Go check it out. It's all the stuff from around film that you can't easily find, stuff that's not going to be on Deadline or Hollywood Reporter, and stuff that's really from me and Nick and the team's heart and our passion for film. So you can subscribe to that at bonsai.film forward slash subscribe. It's free. It's not a spam account. We don't share or sell your information. Again, Bonsai.film forward slash subscribe. And with that, I will kick it over to you, Nick, to leave us with the credo. Yeah, man. I will will make that happen. And I got
1: to say that it's it's always fun having these conversations. It's good to get into some industry stuff, you know, whether we're providing advice or just reflections on different things. I think the culture check has been awesome because I think the culture needs to be checked every once in a while. You know, we need to think about these things. So it's awesome that we get to have this opportunity and we appreciate our team as well. Papa Bear and Elise, who will hold us down and help us out throughout all of these episodes and help us do what we do here on the Make It podcast. So with that, I'll say to our friends, our family, our fans out there, be better, be creative, be engaged.
0: And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon.
1: Yes, sir. We'll do it again, my friend. All right, man. Gobble, gobble.
0: Peace. (laughs) You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. For more information about this episode, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts by searching for Make It Banzai Creative, and the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. In addition, you can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we are trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please consider supporting our Patreon page. We spend a combined 35 hours a week producing each episode. We do this with a small team of go-getters that are passionate about film and connecting people with similar interests across the globe. And we have lots of goodies in store for our supporters, including bonus content, exclusive swag, and discounts and freebies to private film events. If that sounds like something you can get behind, donations start at only $5 monthly. And, of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your film's financial success, go to www.banzai.film and click on services to explore our unrivaled approach to film marketing. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.